Okay, can you hear me? Okay, perfect. Okay, so let's go ahead and get started. Okay, it's recording. I wanted to ask you some questions about your experiences in China. As you know, we do my expatty podcast. And I think what is so intriguing about your story is that you left Canada and went to China all by yourself. When I left, I went with my husband. So I was just kind of tagging along. So just kind of set the picture tone, you know, why you made that decision and how you, you experienced China, like when you first got there. Okay, so um, I was finishing university and I really, I had lived in, actually I had lived in Germany when I was 19 and backpacked around um, and lived in Europe um, as an au pair, which is like a nanny at that time before I went to university actually. Um, Okay, I'm sorry, the audio I went out one second. The audio went out for a quick second. So you said that you went to be an au pair in Germany? When I was 19. So when I went back, okay. before I went to university. So when I moved back home, I thought that I'd have traveling out of my system. But you know, once you start traveling, it's like you can't get enough in your life. So I couldn't yeah. wait to finish university and then and leave Canada again and explore somewhere else. And I really, um, I saw an, an advertisement in the newspaper for um, a teaching job in Nanjing. I didn't even know where Nanjing was. I mean, I, I knew it was in China, but I didn't know anything about it. But I thought that would be really exciting. Mm -hmm. And I actually applied for the job before I finished university. I still had a few weeks left to go. Mm -hmm. Okay, what was the job? Really quickly, what was the job? For, um, and I went, I went to university, I, I studied history and English literature, and then I took my fifth year of university, which is um, a Bachelor of Education to be a teacher. And mm -hmm. this advertisement, um, or a posting for a Canadian teacher in a, it's called a, a British Columbia or Canadian Offshore School. So what they do is teach the Canadian curriculum mm -hmm. over there. They hire, uh, certified teachers from British Columbia, Canada to teach at this school. Okay. And, um, it's inspected by the BC ministry and um, we have to provide the same curriculum. So it's exactly as if those students were going to school in, in Canada. Okay. But of course it's different in that it's in a Chinese school and all the mm -hmm. students are Chinese. Um, and I thought it was just really exciting and the fact that um, you know, China is a communist country. I thought, wow, that's super interesting. And I really, um, even backpacking when I was 19, even backpacking around Europe, it seemed, it wasn't difficult. People, a lot of people spoke English everywhere. And mm -hmm. um, although of course, different food and different cultures, um, but it wasn't, I didn't find it like super challenging. And I thought China would be a challenge. And I really wanted to experience um, it sounds funny, but so difficult. I wanted to. I wanted to go somewhere that would be more difficult, more challenging. Yeah, yeah, more difficult. You wanted the adventure. Yes, I wanted the adventure. So I, I yeah, wow. I, yeah. I, I was actually more scared about teaching than I was about um, going to China. I thought, oh my god, really? Yeah, because I finished <laughs> university. And I thought, oh my god, can I do it? Is it going to be okay? So I was like really nervous just about the job. Um, okay. More than more than the country and also people always said um you know you can get by with gestures and you can use your hands and feet and people will understand you and as you know living in china that doesn't that's not the case you know what i mean gestures right I mean. no it's not <laughs> something with your hands in one country means something completely different in another different so, in another you know. yes <laughs> right right so yeah I, I i absolutely i got what i was looking for and I really okay, thought so, for uh -huh. one year. I really thought I'd be there for one year and I'd leave. For one year. Wow, wow, wow. So you had so it was a teaching job. And so did you have oh, sorry, to first you're out. Your sorry, I can't hear you. Oh. Can you hear me now? No, I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. Out. Did you have to purchase your ticket in advance before they would pay for it? I I believe yes. I think I had to pay yeah. but they did um Pay me back. So it's true. I did need to have um, enough money, and it is really important to to have to have that feeling of security that you have enough money in your bank account at least for the first few months because it does take mm -hmm. time. And yes, I was reimbursed for my um, my flight, um, and I also within my contract got, which is really nice, got one flight home a year, which um, 
was oh. to my contract. And in the last few years, as I gained seniority, it was um, two flights home a year that they paid for. That they paid for. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that was a good company that you worked for because not all companies are the same. I mean, when yeah. you go to work in China, so you got like a really good high end job. I really have to say I got a, it, um, my experience is, is different than, than others. I know because yes. depending on what company you work for. And I have many friends that work, have worked for different companies teaching English. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it can be quite different. So I really had a very good contract there and I made the same amount I would make as a teacher teaching in, in Canada. But then I also had my accommodation paid for. Um, so they your what paid for accommodation. So my rent, they paid for your rent as well. Yes. Erica, that was yeah. not the case for us. Oh, really? We had to have like, we had to have all this money up in front. We had to pay for our rent for a year in advance, not every month for the whole year. It took all of our money. What? That is crazy. Yes. We had to pay for a whole year up front and you had a nice apartment. I mean, you had like a high end luxury apartment. I hope you know that. Right. Cause I was, but my okay. when you met me, I was, I was married at that time. So my husband, Okay. Had even a better contract than I had. He had a better contract. I know. Like, now who's getting these contracts in China? You got, you had a car, you had an apartment. Yeah. It was like a two story yeah. apartment with a nice kitchen. And oh my goodness, I was so, I was so shocked when I saw your place. I couldn't but believe our place it. Was very different. I mean, uh, I, I wouldn't have had a place like that with my contract, but I did, I was able to have nice, a nice apartment. And what we could do and our salary was very good. So what many teachers do, not all because many are there and they want to really save a lot of money, but mm-hmm. you can also pop up. So if you wanted a nicer apartment, you could mm-hmm. still get your own salary from your job to, oh, to okay. their place. My, I, I mean, we, if we could, I know my first year, um, I met another teacher there, a colleague of mine, Adam Zelba, and we were looking, I mean, you know how, it doesn't matter where you live in the world. Looking for an apartment is like super stressful, right? It is. And we so looked at stressful. some it is the holes in the wall crap. They were nasty. Food in the refrigerator. I mean, it was so disgusting and vile. I thought, what have we done? What have we done? It was in July. I'm sure you're like and the was- worst apartment ever. But the other thing was like, so you know what they would show you like the most horrible apartment and then they show you an, a mediocre apartment and then an okay apartment all like mixed up. And it's like, why are you showing me this crap? Why are you showing me and this? I know. Never, it hasn't it been was, clean for like 10 years. Like nobody's going to. I know. Us here. So <laughs> you know, it's horrible to actually find. But you know what? I mean, even looking for um, living in Berlin now, like looking for an apartment here was like, it's just a stressful. It's just so stressful. Like, cause you see everything. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. But at least they're clean in Germany. In China, they were not clean at all. <laughs> it was so bad. Was so bad. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. So okay. So my my, my mom is. Huh. I was gonna say. What did like, you say, so Erica? I was gonna say the first year, um, a colleague and I shared an apartment. So we had a very nice apartment because we put our we were able to get um, with both of our living expenses, we were able to. Mm-hmm. Have a- nicer apartment with two bedrooms so okay okay so so I had some questions from some some someone who wanted to know about so I was telling you about English first and so I that's one of those mall jobs because that's what I did because my husband had like the real job and then I had like just got a little side job at a mall um and I think that's what English first is and so so you don't know much about English first right um First. I have heard of it. I think it's a kind of a big name. I don't know. Um, I, mm-hmm. I've seen I've seen them everywhere, and I I think I've I've uh, had friends that worked possibly for that same company. So they're they're a legitimate company. Like it's going to be a legit situation. Yeah. Okay. Um, so um, she wanted to know. So what is the minimum, a minimum amount of cost that you would recommend someone or salary that someone should get for a job when they move to China, like a yearly R&B salary, Chinese yen um, salary? Uh, Do you remember what yours was? 
I don't remember, but I, okay. So mine, I earned, so I, mine is not because it was like a really, it was a, a school and we had to have a certain amount of pay. It was a lot more than mm. what somebody working in like English first would okay. get for sure. It was, um, you know, like I could say I was able to save um, a lot, for example, but I didn't spend it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did spend a lot. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think. I think, know, I think they're offering her 16,000 RMB. No, I mean, I think fourteen thousand RMB a month. So what would that be? What would that be? I would like to know what that is in, for example, in Canadian. Um, I think it's like four hundred dollars a week. Four hundred dollars a week. Okay. Mm-hmm. That I think that's okay. I mean, you can live on that. You can live cheaply there. You can live. That cheaply. is true, but she's going to Beijing. Oh, Isn't it Beijing expensive? Yeah, it's a bit more expensive, and it's such a huge city. But I think you can still um, manage. On for are, are they on top of that? They should really pro- be providing accommodation. Are they providing? They're not. They should at least pay for her housing, right? I th- it's quite normal, yeah, that they provide housing, especially that she's coming all the way from the states. Um, mm-hmm. And I looked it up. So I looked at. So that's about two thousand three hundred. U.S. dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Two thousand. So, um, so yeah, times four. So it's about five hundred dollars a week, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I think is okay, right? I think. Yeah. I mean, it just bad. depends on where you live because I just know our we had to pay a year in advance for our housing. So. Yeah, because this is crazy. I remember, and I don't know how it is anymore, but I remember my first year. We would have to pay three months of rent and a, at a time. Yeah. And then my roommate and I would be gathering like all this cash because it was <laughs> in cash. And we would like be waiting yeah. for the landlord or the, the person that represents the landlord to come to our apartment. And we'd have like all the stacks and stacks <laughs> of yep. right? And it was mm-hmm. like, we'd stack it up and they count it in front of us. And you're like, yeah. You know, it just was so funny. Like what- we did the same thing. I remember right. that we were pulling money from everywhere, and it was because we didn't know we had to do that. Like we didn't know we had to pay a year in advance. That's crazy. I can't believe a they didn't tell you that, and that they didn't even they didn't pay. Did they? They give you back at the end? Of- no, we got money for our flight when his contract was up. I know. I know. Isn't that crazy? It was ridiculous. That's awful. <laughs> but that's the thing. This is why this informa- information is so important that you're providing because people from the States or Canada are getting offers for jobs from all kinds of companies. And you know, China, you know how shady it can be. Uh, you yeah, know? Any, yeah, anywhere and, you go abroad, you have to, it's like, you need to know. It's true. And it's really, and the thing is the accommodation that they might provide also might be, not be, um, you know, appropriate. Right. Also you'd want to live in so the thing is at least the good thing is that it seems like an okay salary but i would also um research for example um exactly because it's important that she live near her work right, right. Mm-hmm. is huge i mean i've been there i mean i've only been there to beijing a few times but sitting in traffic to get from one part of the city yeah. to the other is insane yes so to make sure that um i'd look at what area she's in and then research like um average rent mm-hmm. the average rent of this area yeah mm-hmm. try to um connect with people maybe there's facebook groups for expats in in beijing and find out say i'm, I'm going to be moving to this area what's an average rent mm-hmm. that's a good idea she needs to connect before she goes and ask if the company will provide an agent which our company did was provide an agent who took us around to a whole bunch of places to look as you know to look right. for our apartment, to look for an apartment. And to get your, um, your internet hooked up and to work, help you with other things that you exactly. need inside your house. You need that. You need, like, the company should, abs- because, of course, like, as you know, I mean, the language is just so difficult. So mm-hmm. um, you definitely, absolutely, the company needs to provide someone. And at, our, at my school, it was always, like, um, the secretaries. They worked so hard for us mm-hmm. expats who constantly needed help and um yeah that they they need she needs to have someone to go to who can be a tra- act as translator and help with all those mm-hmm. daily bureaucratic 
things that can be right. such a hassle when you go like, oh, I'm having a bad Chinese China day, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So I'll definitely, that's a good recommendation. Um, do you remember how much your visa was? I think ours was like about $200. Uh, yeah. And that, I remember like to get, it was like a hundred dollars, I think from Canada. And that was to get it rushed because I left it to last minute. I was like, yeah. I was like, Oh my God, I'm flying in two days. And I, I need a visa. I totally forgot. So I remember having to like pay extra to get the rush visa. So to that, she organized that in advance. So there's not a lot of stress. That she yes. Gets. Okay. Um, so leaving early is not an option. I mean, if you get over there and you think I can't do this, like, Oh, I think people leave all the time. I mean, do they? if she's over there, I heard stories. Um, this did not happen when I was at my school, but um, mm-hmm. it, I think the comp- my school had developed a lot more by the time I had gotten there, that um, there were teachers that, that were hired for September, professional teachers, and that on October holiday didn't say anything and just left. I, would, I wouldn't advise that. I think you can always, um, I mean, it's not jail. It's a work contract. So if, if she needs, if she doesn't want to stay, she's, she can leave. I mean, she can she, leave and that happens. She has enough money in her account that she can get buy a ticket and leave. Um, yeah. I mean, okay. even mm-hmm. a nice way and to give your two weeks notice and say, you know, it's really not working for me. Um, I'm not comfortable here. I'm, I'm going to get a flight home. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it doesn't affect your visa or anything. Like if you, they can't put a mark or do something with your travel. Um, um, not that I know of. I, not that I know of. I think okay. I leave when you, when you want to leave. Okay. Um, so I did talk to her about, you know, social media and as you know, you don't have free internet over there. So you got a VPN, a virtual private network. Um, right. So yeah. we as expats can have that. The Chinese can't, but yeah. Um, yeah, so definitely do that. And I know during the elections when I was there, they had slowed down the internet and made it very hard to even surf the internet when there was a transition oh, of yeah. power. Oh, do you mm-hmm. mean in China? Like when the Yes. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, yeah. So that's that. So you just have to, I guess, what is your, when you think about living in China, like you had to change a lot about your expectations of being in China. So what is some good advice to someone who's going to be totally like hit in the face with all these nuances and things that are different? Like what is your best advice for that person? Um, I think it's really important to just really keep an open mind to know and to be really flexible mm-hmm. and um, know that things will absolutely be different and that logic that what we think oh this is logical or common sense is absolutely cultural as well so our where our mindset is coming from is so different and from where they're from where the people in china are coming from just because of their history and culture as well and to really keep that in mind that um you know, you're in a different country that things are not supposed to be the same. And it's the reason we go there is because we want to experience something new. And so we have to laugh at ourselves when we get really frustrated. It's like, we mm. did the reason why we're here is to like experience a different way and to open up and, and learn different ways of being and doing things and seeing the world and new perspectives, um, which is what you'll get when you go. So just really keep open-minded and, um, maybe do research. Like I think China has changed a lot since like in the 10 years, like now it's 12 years since I, my first year there. And I remember somebody on the plane telling me like, just so you know, people don't queue, like people don't line up in China. They'll just wash the counter. And I remember like I arrived in Beijing, (laughs) there was a problem with the airplane. And I mean, just, I thought, okay, well we line up with our passport and just get the new ticket. Like it's like super simple, right? (laughs) People were going, they were like rushing to the counter. This lady was like waving her passport. She had these big like Gucci sunglasses on, waving her passport in the lady's face. And they were screaming. That is so true. And I was like, thank God the guy on the plane told me because I had to look back, sit back and just like, 
has to go yeah. away. Like it's it's kind of funny to me because I'm just like I'm. We're all gonna get on the next plane. Like we all have a ticket. It's not our fault. Like <laughs> wait, it's gonna happen. You don't have to be the very. That first is one. so true, Erica. I have a story. When I was getting on the bus, I'll never forget because I had just rode the bus for the first time, and we were waiting to get on the bus, and the same thing happened to me. People just started rushing the door. And I had this vision in my head, like I was, you know, that last um, helicopter out of, um, oh, what was the, you know, when, when we came and we had to escape from, oh, you know, like, what you, is it? You remember, remember in real life, there's this, um, you know, the helicopter was on top of the embassy and all the people had to rush to try to get oh. onto the helicopter um that's what it's because if they don't get on they're gonna die right and people feel like if they don't get on the bus they're gonna die if they don't get on that plane oh my god i'm gonna die like i have to get on there that's what literally the mindset is this is so urgent and dire that it's going to need to be the first one but patricia like but patricia i i really because after you live somewhere you really adopt certain things so I can mm -hmm. tell you, I had to change when I, like, everything felt like, because, I mean, maybe it's because it's such a big population and everything feels like a fight to get anything done somehow. Yes, yes. That um, I would bring that mentality back to my small town of Victoria, British Columbia, when I go home and my mom would look at me like, <laughs> calm down, like, what? Because I'd be, like, in such a, you know, like, right, freeze up, like, because I was just so used to, like, having to, like, fight to get anywhere, get something done, and... Yeah, and it's just different like that. Yeah, like back home, it's like, it's really slow. Everyone's like small talk and nobody's rushing to get anything done. And I'd be like, come on. <laughs> I'd be like, calm myself down. That is so fun. Did you know Nanjing is like bigger than New York City? Like our biggest city is like one of their smallest cities in China. Wow. What's the population of New York City? Do you know? I have no idea. Look it out. We can Google, I can Google it, but um, I wanted to ask you about going to the doctor. Now I had my womanly checkups and I'm sure you did. Yeah. And I remember never having privacy. I remember I'd be in there with the doctor and people would just be popping their head in the doctor's office. I'm like, excuse me. I'm in here in a private conversation with my translator about my womanly parts and you're walking in. Like, what was your experience about that? Oh, that's so funny because that's so true. That's, that's, another cultural, that's another cultural difference there is absolutely, like, it's so funny. I do remember also being sick and going to, um, going to the doctor and also, like, it was, yeah, it's weird. You're sitting there talking. Mm -hmm. God, I didn't have to do this, this, a womanly checkup. You're, oh my God. Because yeah. I heard also you're having a baby, like, especially if you're a foreigner, like everyone wants to come in and take a look, you know? Yeah. So, people, that's right. People stare at you because, especially because you're like, you have blue eyes or green. Uh, yeah. Like green eyes. Yeah. 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 So you were very exotic over there. I mean, I was too, cause I mean, black Who are you? Oh my yeah. God. People be super in, like people must've been staring. Oh my God. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, people were coming in and I was, and just like poking their head and wanting to know what's going on. And it was, it's so funny. Cause you're just like, I can't like, can you believe that? Like my husband, I just video on my Facebook on, I put videos cause I've filmed a lot of my experiences. He'd go to the flea market and people would literally crowd around him to see what he was buying because yeah. he was a foreigner. He was a Laowai, you know, yeah. do you know the word Laowai, right? Yeah yeah. 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 And they'd just be like looking and just staring. And it's just amazing how you attract so much attention so easily just by being there, your presence. Yeah. Like, and people would stare at you. Wouldn't you get that experience a lot? I would, and then, you know what? After a while, I, I really didn't experience it anymore. Maybe mm -hmm. I just looked like I fit in or something. I have no idea, but people stopped. And when my mom and my, my mom and stepdad would come and visit, then all of a sudden people would be asking for their pictures and stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's how it is. It's weird. I don't know if I gave like a look, like, don't come near me. I don't know. <laughs> But um, but my my mom and Miles really liked it. They always thought it was like funny, like oh, it's so cute. Like they want, you know, they yeah. Thought, like, yeah. Oh, that 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 becomes like a fun thing after a while. Yeah, because Athena got that a lot too. Yeah, um, my daughter must have it too. When my, I went out with my son, I'd have like twenty people, like for me, no. But my son, it was like going out with Brad Pitt, and then he spoke <laughs> Chinese, and you should have seen that. That's right. Your kids learned Chinese because you had a nanny, didn't you? It was so affordable for you. Yes, I I had a nanny, and and he's 
English and Chinese was was fluent. Both. Now, do they? No, they're learning German now. Do they speak now it? They're, now they're learning German now. So okay. Yeah. Will they keep their Chinese um, or or no? No, we had it. We have a wonderful Chinese um, babysitter that comes like once in a while. We tried okay. to we really tried to find one here that would speak a Chinese babysitter, so they would keep that connection to the culture. And oh, good, good. Because they they were born in China, so they really feel they're Chinese. I mean, they're Chinese. So yeah, um, yeah. We connect with that culture. And we really try to keep that connection, but. Um, yeah, she doesn't come enough, and it really, and now that they're learning German in their kindergarten, it's, mm -hmm. um, they, they're losing it. It's really unfortunate. So I'm going to yeah. have tiger moms and send them to Chinese school on Saturday. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, because yeah. my daughter, she spoke, she got along very easily in the Chinese kindergarten. But my son, you know, he grew up in Germany. He, he went yeah. to German kindergarten. So they pick it up so easily. So yeah. trying to keep both would be so good if you could yeah just having cultured kids like that i think is so amazing i just think more americans canadians should have i don't know what it's like in canada but i know americans we're just not cultured you know we just don't have that well cool. i know it's and it's silly like i find that in in canada we have to learn french it's our second language but they oh yeah really late like i remember i started learning in grade five like why not start in kindergarten this is amazing if you can the younger the better Right, so you speak French as well. Well, no, it's super basic. It's really okay, but yeah. that's awesome that you have that option to learn it. Though, I mean, they should do a course sooner because it's so much easier when yeah. you do it. like you're like little sponges. Yeah, your kids, you really pick it up. Um, so, what expat groups did you belong to? Like, because I know you had to have American or Canadian connections in China. So, like, did you rely heavily on those types of groups or friends? So my friends were, um, so in, when I lived in both Nanjing and Shanghai, there's mm -hmm. that I lived there. So in Nanjing, working at a Canadian school and also in Shanghai, my colleagues were all Canadian, um, mm -hmm. and some were American. And, um, so they were really my friends and my colleagues were the same. And so mm -hmm. we went out and did a lot together. And then in Shanghai, I was, um, very involved in theater and the expat theater community. Okay. And so I made a lot of friends with the theater community and, and um, Shanghai is nice because it's so uh, cosmopolitan and it's so diverse and, and, and the expat population is so big in Shanghai yeah. that you really, you meet people from doing all different kinds of work and different things and mm -hmm. you know how the theater and acting community is, it just brings everyone together and it really doesn't matter what, if you're a doctor and you love theater and you're an actor acting on the side or mm -hmm. so I made a really um, lifelong friends there. And then I love yoga. So um, even in Nanjing and in Shanghai, going to the yoga studio regularly, regularly, I would meet, mm -hmm. meet friends there. And then having kids, you know how it is like, there was a really nice expat group um, for parents um, with young kids. I would go to like once a week um, mm -hmm. in Nanjing. So I met other expat moms there. And my Chinese was really bad. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I it really well. So it kind of, um, I knew in my last, my last year, I started a theater group with other actors. Mm -hmm. Okay. going today. Right. And so I made some Chinese, Chinese friends through that. Um, but mm -hmm. yeah. But okay. Most, yeah. I was really arrogant too my first year. I thought, oh yeah. I learned, when I moved to Berlin, when I was 19, I learned German in a year. I mean, oh. I could speak basic, but I had grown up listening to my dad speak it, and I was really arrogant. I was like, "Oh yeah, I'll learn Chinese in a year, whatever." Very no. different, yes. very different. Um, so, what would you say about the um, cell phone? So, when you get a when you got a cell phone, you had to get a phone over there. And then, because I know we were approached at the airport to get a phone. It was really expensive, but we didn't know any better. But, like, how did you do that with? Oh, God, I'm trying to remember my cell phone. I think I, I use my phone from Canada. And you just can get a new SIM card while you're there. Oh, okay. So the, I would okay, okay. Um, phone and get a SIM card and get it set up that you have, like, monthly payments or whatever in, in China. Okay. Now, what about the... Um, certification for teaching English, TOEFL, or and there's several different kinds. Do you recommend getting that? Um, 
Yeah, I think it's good if you're if you're going to be teaching um, English as a second language. I think uh -huh. it's good to have some kind of certification. I think it looks good on your resume uh -huh. and do um, that background um, to to do it. So always, I think it's always good to have this certification of, of it. Okay. And I don't really know what's best or what's more preferred. I don't know if one's better than the other. I think I have TESOL. I think I did a TESOL course before I went actually. Oh, you did. Oh, okay. So do you have, so you have the certification for that? Or is that? Yes. But it, in the end of the day, I wasn't teaching it. I was teaching at a Canadian, the Canadian curriculum. So it, I oh, okay. But, um, I do have it and I think it was a good what I took it was a good program because it took us through if you haven't taught before it's nice to learn um, how can you make a lesson plan and mm -hmm. um, just different techniques to, to help teach the language oh okay okay and then what about um, cultural things like did shock you a lot like I remember people were always spitting a lot and and the kids didn't wear diapers like so when you see that like what did that do to you? Like, okay. Like I can't get over the spitting. I think um, that's changing. My God, I think it's changing. That is just, it's, yeah, it's great. so awful. Gross. But I think that's changing. And the diapers, um, yeah, you know what? I get it because diapers are super expensive there. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think everyone can afford how expensive they are. And in terms of um, potty training, the kids in China are, potty trained so much earlier than mm -hmm. in North America. And because we had a nanny and I went back to work um, when my son was four months old mm -hmm. and she helped a lot. My husband would get mad because if I had a parenting question, I mean, I didn't know I was a new mom. I would ask our nanny who had mm -hmm. his mom herself before I'd ask my husband and he'd say like, I'm the dad. Like you should be talking to me. I'm like, I'm sorry, you don't know anything. <laughs> and what she did, she also got pants and put the split pants. Cause you know, the kids wear those split pants. The split I, pants. I my son, he'd be running around the neighborhood in those split pants. And she I, had, yes. That is so crazy. <laughs> he helped body train our son. And so I'm the second one and he's body training now. And I'm thinking, oh, I need to shout way here because I'm like, where are those split pants? <laughs> <laughs> I know those split pants are so crazy. I would always take pictures of kids in those pants because I just couldn't get over it. It's like, oh my God. You know what? It's actually really smart because they really, they, they, their kids are potty trained really quickly, are really early. Um, and they don't have this, you know, like so many North American kids are sitting in their wet nappy for a long time. And yeah, so, that is true. We in some ways for the kid it's probably it's probably better but i know for us to see it it's hilarious it's, it's weird running around i and know yeah because they're just practical like that you know when you say the practical. chinese are very practical so tell me this story were, were you the one that told me about you had bought fish oh no you didn't it was someone else they uh, had they had bought um a fish from the pond or something and their their nanny came in and saw the fish and like cut the fish up and they were freaking out the kids because it was like their pet. And oh, like killed it to eat it. It was crazy. Oh, it's hilarious. Okay, yeah, I remember who that was. It was the other colleagues that I had. Um, okay, so I've ha I've asked you all the questions that I had on here. Um, what would you say about the students in China? What was that like teaching Chinese kids? Oh, that was like such a gift. It's so interesting. They're, they're amazing. I don't think, um, we would joke in the staff room, like we're having some discipline problems and it's a joke because it would mean like the kids would maybe sleeping in class. Yeah. Yeah. You never had those issues. Did you? Like, you know, yeah. Like to have like a kid, you know, you hear stories. I hear stories about te like, you know, friends that are teachers back home or a I have a friend that was teaching drama in London and she had kids bringing like some kid brought a knife to school and a gun oh, to school there. Like, God. you know, just things that are unheard of when you're teaching in China. And um, mm -hmm. so, no, the students, I have to say they were so good. I think what was really different is that growing up in Canada, uh, the classroom is, it's normal to have a classroom that is very, you know, kids have, Canada is a country made up of immigrants, you know, like my dad mm -hmm. is from, is immigrant, immigrated from, from Germany. And it's normal to have friends from all over, um, all over the world. And you, it's normal to have this kind of a multicultural classroom in a way. Mm -hmm. 
And in China, I'm teaching a class which is monocultural. So just everyone really, mostly everyone is, is from China. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's interesting in itself. And um, it was, our conversations were always super interesting. And their education system is also very different in that um, really what the teacher says is what goes and the teacher's perspective is the right perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, the Chinese um, education system, but in the Canadian curriculum and how all of us Canadian teachers are teaching, and I taught high school, mm-hmm. um, was really about you know teaching them that there are many perspectives on one issue mm-hmm. and to get them to open up, and that was always super fun for me, um, especially teaching. I taught grade ten, eleven, and twelve, so grade ten was their first year in the Canadian um, school, and just like how they would open up you know, from the beginning, from September until June and how they would be open up to expressing different opinions and saying, you know, one shy student would open up by the end of the year and say, I really disagree with you, Paul. I mean, we would. Oh, yeah. Isn't that interesting? Because they're taught to just agree with what the teacher says. They don't have, they don't have critical thinking. They don't learn critical thinking. Yeah, this kind of, yeah, exactly. And especially teaching um, literature is like, there's not one answer. There's not, mm-hmm. there's more than one answer to everything. And to say that, um, you know, my perspective is this, or, or this scholar has said this, but you know, you could have a different um, view on, on this poem or, or whatever we are reading. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was always really, really fun. And teaching drama, which also was really new to many of my students had never taken drama. Wow. And my biggest thing was just to get them to love the magic of theater by the end of the year was always my goal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was great. And that they would have to stand because, you know, in China, like to have boys and girls, they don't mix. They're not, they don't do things together. And so, you know, I'd say stand in a circle and you'd always have boys on one side and girls on the other side. Really? That's and interesting. Between them, they don't want to stand too close. So I would have to make the rule always, it's boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl. And that sometimes your partner is going to be a boy and sometimes it's going to be a girl that boys and girls are working together was also really fun to That's get them to develop that as well by the end mm-hmm. of the year. Wow. Oh, did. And I, and this would never happen 10 years ago, but my last year, one or two students came to me and said that they were going to um, get a degree in theater in Canada. Wow. So, because yeah. of having taken your class. Yeah. Which was like, I was like, Oh, my job here is done. <laughs> it was really, really nice because I think 10 years ago um, also it was really like, you know, students and parents would say like, you have to study business, science, engineering, Arts yeah. were not on the table. Like there's right. no student that would ever say, I think 12 years ago, um, mom and dad, I'm going to go study and be a fashion designer, which I also had a student going and he's going to New York to study fashion design. Oh, and wow. I thought, you know, that's amazing. So, that's so China awesome. is really, it's not, has, was really nice to see this evolution in, in, in just parenting culture, education, Mm-hmm. Over the years as well. But. Wow, that I didn't I didn't know that about the boys and girls. Like, cause I work with like little little kids. Um, so when yeah. they're older, like your kids, they they're taught to separate. That's yeah. interesting. Wow. Yeah. Um. Okay. So let's see. The other thing is, how did you feel about um the American? I remember we went out to dinner, and I remember this lady. And every once in a while, I think of her. Remember that lady who gave me attitude over that over that rap singer? We were talking about something, and she just called me out. Like, were we together? We were together. I remember, and I was colleagues, or was she was she someone I knew? I think it was someone you knew. I didn't know her, but I don't. I mean, I was just like. I don't know. Like I could see us being friends in the States, but there were some people who you're friends with in China that you would never be friends with in the States or in Canada. Like, come on, you know, Erica, that's the truth. Erica, look around. Would you be friends with these people back in Canada? No. <laughs> I know I would. I was just like, you only my friend because we in a foreign country. Let's get that straight. Okay? <laughs> You know, but that's just how it is. That's how it was for me. So what happened? What happened? What was I, we were talking? We were talking about I can't remember, but she just like she called me out. She was so blunt about it. I was like, well, because I said something about somebody's song or some music controversy, and she was like, well, 
I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like she called me out like you, how dare you think that of that person, like in blunt terms. And I was like, okay, Patricia. I know who that was. You don't, so you don't remember when that happened, do you? I don't remember that that comment. I was probably, you know, it might've been, um, I think I know who it was. And I think it is a person who said a lot of inappropriate things. Yeah. Um, It was a lady. It was a, I I did, uh, I do know a person that. um, (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I, I just think of it every once in a while. Okay, now what about transportation getting around? I know you were on your bike a lot. I had a motorbike. Oh, yeah, you did. It was so cute. Yeah, I loved it. I loved riding my little, and Athena had her, her little seat on the back. But you were on your bike. So what was that like getting around on your bicycle? Oh, so great. I love riding my bike. I loved it. Um, yeah, that's a cool. I mean, so much better to ride your bike than be stuck in traffic because you know that traffic. Yeah. Ever to get from one place to the other. But if I had my bike, I could, I felt like I could get anywhere. But those are like, then you had these scooters like what you had that are silent because they run on battery. And I just remember being on my bike and sometimes they just zoom right by yes. me. If I like move one millimeter, that person would have hit me. And you have bikes that, I mean, it's even dangerous in the bike lane because those bike lanes can be so packed with. Oh, the- yeah scooters and the bike sharing and mm-hmm. just navigating that sometimes was um you think oh my god am I gonna survive on my way to work this morning did your bike you never had your bike stolen though did you oh I've had like three or four bikes stolen in oh did you really so that's common yeah it's super common and I know my colleagues too there was a place that that a lot of the stolen bikes would end up at this one used bike did you hear about this this used bike no yeah, there's this used bike seller. Okay, so it was like this huge, um, like parking lot of bikes. Which, if you had your bike stolen, you would go there and look for your own bike to buy it back. <laughs> so a lot of colleagues would go, and all my bikes were stolen in Shanghai. And I did not know where this place was in Shanghai. But I was like constantly buying a bike, and I would buy like the crappiest. Yeah. Crappiest, like I didn't want. You know, I'd see that really nice, fancy-looking bike. I'd be like, I'm not buying that. It's yeah, not- yeah. No, you know, and um, eventually my I made sure that my bike lock was actually worth more than my bike. That's know? a good idea. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I am so excited that we have met in China, Erica, mm-hmm. and now you're in my dream country, uh, Germany, where you used to live. You where I used to live. I know. And I, my husband and I, we've been looking at properties. They're so cheap in Berlin. Really? Uh, there's some really, really cheap properties to purchase. I don't know why they're so cheap, um, but I may have to send you some and just let you look at them and give me your thoughts about that. But um, I definitely want to come back to Germany. Uh, my son is there now. And then oh, maybe, he yeah, he is. So, and just because eventually I will be in Germany. I think we're going to retire in Germany. Oh my God. I love it, Patricia. I can't wait. You know, like what, you know, I lived in Nanjing and, and then I moved to Shanghai and then I got married and moved back to Nanjing and I was really sad. Like I was not, not happy. Um, yeah. Yeah. I love Shanghai and Nanjing. I felt was difficult. Mm-hmm. And then I met you and I was like, Oh, thank God. And I, <laughs> I remember going home being like, Ismail, I met a friend. Like she's amazing. I just feel like I can live here because Patricia's here. Oh, I know. I felt the same. It was just no. such a relief to meet someone like you of all places in China. met you. And then you were like, oh, we're moving. We're going back to the States. I was like devastated. I know. It was so hard. Yeah, it's so hard. And that's the thing about living in China, which I really was like, I wanted to leave. Um, because after 10 years, it's just, you know, people are in and out it's not constant people are yeah. not settling and you know and expats are not settling there so mm-hmm. it really was hard and it was always saying goodbye to people i say goodbye to you and then you know you take time and you make a new friend that you really not just friends that you're like oh we're both here so what yeah. you, you finally make real friends right. that you can right. mm-hmm. with you know and <laughs> yep. then they're like bye so, right you're leaving it's like so hard yeah it's really so, one of the difficult things about that yeah in Germany, do you find that you're able to make friends easy? I know it's much harder to make friends in Germany because the culture. You know what? I, I was just so lucky that like I met one of my best friends here. I met the first week we arrived. Oh, really? Okay. She's from the States too. 
and she has kids and I was like, oh, hi. Me, like, oh, I just moved here. And the cell phone guy, because I was like, we need new phone contracts and we just moved here. And then he said, oh, this lady in the store, she also um, is get just moved here. And so this is me like, hi, I'm Erica. I just moved here and you just moved here too. And we started talking and- Oh, cool, yeah. And so I've had a friend and she, when we, she moved exactly the same week or a week before me. So we were both new here. And then when she found her apartment, I made sure that we bought it. We not bought, but we're renting an apartment in nearby. So we're in the okay. same neighborhood. And there's so many expat. Um, I mean, there's a lot of expat mom groups here, like play groups. And I took the year mm -hmm. off. I was working. Um, and so I met like friends through that. So it really has been easy. But again, my, my circle is really international. It's people from yeah. um, States and, um, you know, we have friends that a Syrian friend. So really people from everywhere, from everywhere, everywhere. And we have, Ger we have some German friends as well. And mm -hmm. it's kind of, it's really hasn't been that hard, but also I made sure that we are living in really, we're living in a, in the city. Like I didn't want to be in mm -hmm. a small suburb um, yeah. that, you know, that I wanted to have an international community around us. For me, it was really important that, yeah. that, yeah. that I don't feel isolated. Yeah, yeah, because it could be quite boring, actually, <laughs> to be yeah. like, you know, in that kind of environment. So being yeah. around people, going to cafes, and yeah, that that's a really nice experience. And I just, and, and you know, like I've mentioned this before, how I just really want to encourage more minorities um, to travel abroad, because I think it's so normal for people like yourself to travel, I mean, to have those experiences, but we feel like, you know, we deal with racism and things here and we don't, we don't know, well, how are we going to be taken in another foreign country? You know, is it better? Is it worse? I know in Germany there was, I didn't have any issues. I know there's a rise in um, neo-Nazism I've heard, but from the state department, but do you feel like um, in China, people who are not Caucasian, they may have a harder time in China or no? Um, I'm going to be honest. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, there, I think, yes, I think it would be because I think there is, um, I mean, because it's, we see postings and there's, yeah. there's discrimination absolutely against, um, people of color and even against Chinese people. So mm -hmm. I'm a Chinese Canadian and because they look Chinese, um, they would be discriminated against because they really wanted a white face or something. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I think, um, to be really honest, it's there. It is there. And because they are so blunt already in China, things are just, you're just, I mean, I know I had not experienced blunt racism, but I wasn't, I was kind of like a mom, a stay at home mom. I went and taught my little English classes here and there. But I, I just think for someone who's going by themselves as a minority, that you have to be aware that there is racism. Um, there is. I do think that um, in terms like of, like if you're thinking violence or something, I don't, I think it's super safe in, in China. Mm -hmm. Did you always feel safe? In yeah, I did. I always feel safe. Although my husband did get robbed. Like it was a movie mafia type of situation he went to go buy some knockoff merchandise that's another story but it was so unbelievably scary for him where they like wanted his passport big muscle guys like he seriously got himself in a predicament and I, I'm going to write about the, cause you know, I'm writing a book about my experiences in China. I'm almost done, but I'm going to write about it because we bought back all this knockoff stuff from China, which you can get in. Did you bring back stuff? Oh my, oh my God. I love the market. I went in, in Shanghai, they had an awesome market. I got like purses. I was always getting like, I don't even care about name brands. I really, I don't, I could care less, but um, mm -hmm. I'd go shopping there cause you could get like a purse. And I know these, like uh, my sister had a boyfriend and he was really loved watches. So like he went, he, he asked for a knockoff, like a watch, like an expensive, mm -hmm. these expensive name brands. Of a hold, hold, hold on. My mom keeps call. She knows I'm in the phone call. Mom, I'm almost done. Can I call you right back? Cause I'm recording right now. I'll call you right back. Cause okay. Go ahead and get them up and get ready. Okay. Right. Okay. But yeah, but he went. He went to this back room. You'd go to a back room, and then there was like another hidden back room to like look at the other watches. That's 
husband knows what watch. Like, I don't know anything about it. But my husband was like, you know, and you have to play the game as well to like get the good price. And so yeah, I can, yeah. wow, yeah. <laughs> you always have to negotiate. Yeah. Like, cause we went, cause I remember when I with, went with him, we went through a back alley and then there was a, a store and then you had to go behind another door. It was very secretive, you know. But it's you can get some really great things, you know. Yeah, you can get really some really good things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it is safe, but as a minority, you definitely want to have a support group when you get there. You yeah. want to be and always expect that you will be discriminated against. That will happen. And just knowing that as long as you're not in a situation where you can be harmed, you're okay. But yeah, I mean, for always be careful, like going in back rooms and things. Mm-hmm. When, I mean, I think after you've been there a while and you, you can discern like, this is, this is bullshit or this is right. Yeah. This is like a typical bathroom thing. I don't know. But like, um, yeah, I mean, you have to be, be careful and, and know, yeah. And who, mm-hmm. who you are, if you're a foreigner, you need to know what are you allowed to do? What are you not allowed to do? And, um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I do know people. I know. Um, yeah, I I think as a woman, I always felt safe at any time of night coming home, mm-hmm. uh, walking alone. And it's not like that in every city. And of course, you need to be careful where you go. But generally, I felt it was very, very safe. Like I felt safer in China than I did in Vancouver, where I'm from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not be walking out alone or waiting at a bus stop. Right. Night, for example. Yeah, because in China, they don't play. They, they, I mean, yeah, if you're gonna, <laughs> and they have those cameras everywhere. Like, yeah, yeah. That, mm-hmm, cameras are everywhere. They're always tracking you. It's just, yeah, it's just a very common thing. Well, our hour is up, Miss Erica, and I wanted to thank you so much for speaking with me. And if I, if I get any other questions from anyone, I'll be sure to just maybe if you can send me a quick, if someone has a question for you. Yeah, please. I'm really happy to help. And I also really encourage anybody to, to go abroad and do it. And especially if you have your contract before you go and um, do a bit of research about like, if they're not paying rent, do a bit of research before they go um, about housing costs. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's right. It's an amazing experience to go abroad and, and see life in a different place and see how it is. And no matter who you are, you're coming back with good stories. Right? Exactly. Good and bad. And you look back on them like we do right now and you meet amazing friends and they have amazing experiences. And so definitely want to keep encouraging that. And thank you so much for your time. And what are you getting ready to do now? You're off. Now I'm going up, I'm going to pick up my kids at kindergarten and get my parents from the airport. Oh, wow. How exciting. How long are they going to be there? How long are they coming? They're coming uh, for a few weeks and I'm going to a film festival in Portugal. So they're going to be helping look after my kids. Oh, how fun. Uh, my husband care for the kids so he doesn't have yeah. all this stuff alone. Okay, well, have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. And I'll be up posting this video uh, later today. Okay, yay. So So good to talk to you. You too. Take care. Bye, Erica. Bye. Bye.